Welcome to the First Team College Football Recruiting Show with former NFL QB Matt Sims, Irish Breakdown Recruiting Analyst Ryan Roberts, and former college long snapper Joe DeLeon. Welcome back to the First Team. I'm Joe DeLeon, joined by Matt Sims, former NFL QB, also founder of the Sims Complete QB. Also with us is Ryan Roberts, Irish Breakdown Recruiting Analyst. Matt, when can when are we getting some shirts? Those are those are cool. Yeah, me, I, I shouldn't have done that. that. Yeah, now I'm now I'm stuck. I got to get you some free gear. You know, you're, some you're merch. The mer- you're the merch guy now, man. Yeah, I guess so. I'll take care of you guys for sure. I will. <laughs> yeah, if you if that's the rule of thumb on 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 shows. If you flash any cool stuff, you have to share. <laughs> yeah. <All right. laughs> uh, so today, guys, we're moving on to our next position group. We're talking about four really talented tight ends in the 2023 recruiting class. If you missed any of the previous tapings that we did, we already did quarterbacks, we already did running backs, we already did wide receivers, and we've got a fun group of tight ends that we're going to be talking about today. That being Deuce Robinson, Ethan Davis, Pierce Sperlin, and Walker Lyons. Guys, the one thing I noticed when I was doing my research on these guys and I was pulling up notes, and, and I'd love to just talk about this for a second. Tight end more than any other position has a lot of guys that are great athletes in other sports. And, you know, the the stereotype is basketball players, power forwards. That's what we typically look for. Heck, there's even guys in the NFL that make the transition from being power forwards at Division One schools, not playing any football, and then going to the NFL and making that transition. What was interesting, and I'll talk about a little more details on the backgrounds on some of these guys, there are two guys on here that were recruited heavily to play basketball and baseball. And we're not talking like division three offers big programs. were offering them, especially Deuce Robinson, who we're going to talk about uh, at the very beginning, Matt, I want to talk to you first. Cause I, I'm sure that you were definitely a, a multi-sport athlete in high school. <laughs> I actually was not. I you went weren't. to one of those schools where, uh, you know, at Don Bosco prep at the time where it was kind of frowned upon if you were going really? into the other, you know, teams aspect, you know, because guys were, I mean, let's just face it. Guys were recruited to the school to play a specific sport. And, uh, you know, coaches didn't want other guys going into, into the other, you know, sports. Knowing Bosco and the guys that I played with in college from Bosco, that that makes that makes a lot of sense. But yeah, yeah. For these tight ends, what do you guys think? And and Matt, going to you first, like, what do you think that importance is? And also maybe the connection between why these guys are such great athletes as baseball players and basketball players, and we're seeing that athleticism on this on the, on their highlights and on their tape. Yeah, I mean, just overall athleticism just can never be. Uh, undervalued ever for any developing players. You know, even with my program at Sims Complete QB, I'm always advising, you know, my parents like, hey, when football season is over, go and play another sport. Enjoy, you know, dribbling a basketball, shooting, you know, running and playing defense, changing direction, you know, on the hardwood. Uh, you know, play baseball, work on your hand eye, you know, even, you know, uh, much to the demise of my father and his situation, I'm even promoting kids going and playing lacrosse every now and then, you know, just, (laughs) just to just, you know, develop, you know, that hand eye coordination, you know, just to switch the stimulus to, because with so many of these young athletes too, you just don't want them to get burnt out, you know, as their career goes. And, uh, you know, football is a very intense sport. So I think it's really important for all these guys to be well-rounded going forward in their future. Well, and Joe, I would say this too, right? It's it's the fact of – it's the well-roundedness, like Matt said, but also the simple fact of what, what whatever sport you're coaching, whatever sport that you are advising for, the things that people look for 
to maximize their teams is length and athleticism, right? And that's what we're talking about today is we have four guys that are all, I mean, the shortest guy on today's show is six foot four. They're all athletic kids. They're all have that, that size component. They all have the athleticism component. So of course, Baseball teams are going to want them. Basketball teams especially are going to want them. If there's a volleyball program, I'm sure they've been talking to try to get some <laughs> of these kids out there. Like th- That's what kind of sells, and that's what transcends from one sport to the next. And I think that when you see some of these guys, it makes sense that baseball and basketball are the sports, right? Because we talk about baseball with the ability to track a ball in the air, to be able to take good good routes to the football track the ball down the field, talk about basketball with the explosiveness, the hand-eye coordination, that type of thing, the coordination just in general. So those things all transcend to every different sport. So I think every team, every coach is always looking for that length and athleticism perspective. So as you guys might know, Aaron Judge, who has had a record-setting season so far this year for the New York Yankees, he was previously a tight end recruit, and we got a guy who's got a very similar build to Aaron Judge uh, when the, when he was in high school. And that first guy who far and away is the one of the most talented guys I've seen as a high school recruit playing the tight end position specifically. I'm referring to Deuce Robinson, and he's the guy that I was referring to earlier that has this big recruitment for him to also play baseball. Now, it sounds like he has decided that he is focusing on football. Currently, the number one tight end per 247 sports from Pinnacle high school in phoenix arizona another arizona kid which is interesting to see six foot six 225 pounds he is not committed however he's projected to go to usc which seeing how they're throwing the football right now probably wouldn't be a surprise if he ends up deciding to go to usc now the things that you see with him and we're talking about that multi uh you know sport athleticism that pops up on tape i think far and away from any of the guys that we watched today really easy accelerator The big thing, and I know that we're going to talk a ton about this, not a lot of blocking film that you saw in these highlights, but it doesn't matter because he looks and plays like a receiver at the tight end position. He's got plenty of room to add weight to his frame. But the really interesting thing about him is the deep threat value that he provides to his current offense and that he can provide to his offense at USC, which we don't always see with tight ends. So, Matt, kicking on over to you first, what are some of the things that you noticed with Robinson that really excited you? Well, I feel like you were just reading my notes right there, like verbatim, (laughs) because really the first word was, wow, when I watched the film, I just can't get over, you know, just how, how good he looks on film, his frame, you know, he's six, six listed. I mean, you know, on the film, it looks like he's like seven feet tall, Um, you know, but just his speed, his strength, um, like you said, moves like a receiver. And really just the tracking of the football was top notch. I mean, I even wrote in my notes, too, that like if he was in the receiver class that we did just a few episodes ago, I'd almost rank him as one of the top receivers in that class. You know, I think so far in this the early stages of us doing this show, he might be the best football player that I've seen on film uh, on the offensive side of the ball so far. It's funny, Joe, because tight end, I feel like, is is a position from high school to college that can be. You have to you have to project a lot, right? Because these yeah. guys are, I mean, Deuce is six six, what two hundred and twenty something pounds, and like you said, you you don't see him block on film, at least the the highlight tape that he puts out there. But Matt, what you kind of hit on, I think, is perfect, right? Like this kid 
plays in the boundary, plays in the field. They'll play him at Wildcat quarterback. They threw him a, a double pass to let him yeah. throw the football. Like he's the best. He threw it pretty well too. Yeah, he did. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. it wasn't a bad toss at all, man. And I, I guess that baseball background kind of kicks in there a little bit. But he's just a player that is the best player on the field for Pinnacle, best player on the field just in general with whatever team he's playing against, right? So 6'6", a lot of times guys might be listed a little bigger than they actually are. He looks a legit 6'6", with vines for arms, incredible length, athleticism, wins above the rim, and he can run the scene, man. Like, he is just that type of dude. So, I mean, Joe, like, this is one of those kids where, yes, does he need to gain weight? For sure. All these kids do, though, no, right? Because that's yeah. just kind of what we're working with. But this kid's the real deal. It's it's kind of hard to poke holes in his game because it, it just seems like he can do a little bit of everything. And he's got a frame where I think he could be 255, 260 pretty easily. Like, I don't think it's going to be much, it, very hard for him. Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing really for him going forward is just making sure that he keeps the speed that he has that to me is kind of game changing. You know, we saw a lot of uh, tight end screens or receiver screens to him in his highlight film and the acceleration, you know, past a lot of defenders. It's not like he's just beating them or, you know, breaking shoelace tackles. It is he is completely separating from them on film. And, you know, that's something that will be important for him, too, is just as he continues to mature and get stronger and bigger in that college weight room to keep that speed up but you can see where just matchup wise you know like you alluded to ryan just you know put him in the slot and line him up against a linebacker he's going to win a lot of those opportunities put him up against a safety who's maybe undersized he's going to a lot of those 50 50 footballs too and then you know you talk about just matchups against corners too you know even against the lengthy corner like a jalen ramsey type of length corner you could still see where like you wouldn't be totally afraid of him being in that situation because he has that length as well, along with the ball tracking skills and just the physicality too. I mean, it probably took four or five minutes into the highlight before he actually was tackled in the highlight. So that's always <laughs> impressive when you're, you know, tackled for the first time in the fifth minute of your highlight film. And the one thing too, that's, and I brought this up when I was doing my intro on him that's really intriguing is that like a lot of times in college and especially in high school, cause you don't have quarterbacks who necessarily have the arm to stretch the field. Tight ends aren't really asked to run as many deep routes as you saw him running in his highlight tape. And he was just constantly hitting all these seam routes, all these really deep route concepts, Matt, from like your perspective, having a tight end that can do that, like how game breaking is that? Because there's really not a lot of guys in college. There's even fewer guys in the NFL that are capable. Like you think of the Darren Wallers, like Travis Kelsey has been somebody who who's utilized in that manner. But like what impact does that have for uh, a college quarterback having a, a tight end that can be a deep threat? Well, I think really the main impact is, is that it gives the play caller, the offensive coordinator, your offensive strategy, just so many ways to be more explosive. You know, we saw, uh, you know, obviously what USC is doing with just the skill set and the players that they're getting to that program. You know, now you can line up Robinson on the outside. And if it's man coverage, you're going to have a linebacker that leaves the box that goes out there and covers a man one on one. One, it's easy for the quarterback to identify what the coverage is. Two, it's like you have a great matchup in you know a fantastic athlete versus a linebacker that's not usually comfortable in space. You know, so there's multiple ways going forward where they can be, uh, you know, a, extremely explosive offensively by putting him in perfect situations that allow him one for the quarterback to understand what the coverage is because of his alignment. Too, because just creating more matchups and issues on the field. And, and that's where going forward, it's pretty exciting, you know, for, for the Trojans, for sure. 
And I think that he can create those explosives in multiple ways too, which is exciting, right? Like we saw on the tape after catchability, we saw just flat out just foot quickness and explosiveness down the field. And then we also saw the fact of like, Hey, he can extend and track the football down the field too. So creating explosives. I mean, Matt, like I think that you're as you're, if you're an offensive coordinator working with Deuce Robinson, you can maximize him in so many different ways, which makes it exciting because you don't have to just pigeonhole him into a, this is a vertical kit in one area. He can create vertical and explosive plays in multiple ways, which is really truly exciting as an offensive coordinator as well. Yeah. And and I mean, think too, like we, we discussed last week about Zachariah branch, right. And his ability in space to create things. Imagine if you have Deuce Robinson and Zachariah branch on the field at the exact same time, you know, you can run a screen to Zachariah with Deuce blocking a corner, you know, which is a good opportunity for him because he's going to be bigger than most corners that he blocks. But then it's like, you have the double move off of that where it's like you've fake that screen to Zachariah and then you throw it over the top to Deuce who you know stutters and run by the corner now with speed and then runs it for a touchdown so that's where again just like when you put multiple playmakers on the field it just becomes a huge headache for anybody to stop them defensively and man his skill set is like it's it's ridiculous I was really impressed you know and like I said I think he's the best player we've seen offensively so far I know we've established that we don't like the force comps here, but this isn't Let's a one-to-one, Ryan. Yeah. This isn't a one-to-one comp, but like in terms of deep threat ability, looks like and plays like a receiver, Ryan, you probably already get a sense of where I'm about to go with this. He feels like Kyle Pitts in a way. Like He feels like he could be Kyle Pitts for USC if that ends up being where he commits to play. Ryan, any any thoughts on that? Am I forcing a little, <laughs> similar frame? It's the, the frame's not that far off, and the speed's not that far off either. Like this is probably going to be a four or five kid once he's done filling in his frame. Again, the, like the, I just think the reason why I came up with that is that like deep threat at Florida, deep threat now possibly for USC and in in high school. What do you, what do you think about that? I don't hate it, Joe. I really don't because it's it's something and that's a positive for me, right? I'm saying I don't hate it. I know you don't hate it. I approve. It's a good job. It's a good job. You get the stamp on that one, but I mean, it really is, man. Like the thing that and it it gives it gives you kind of pause to compare someone to a Kyle Pitts because he was used as a unicorn for for good reason, right? But how this kid is used at Pinnacle is similar to a Kyle Pitts, right? Like you saw him in every area of the field be able to be a playmaker, to be able to be a separator, to be able to make big plays. So I don't hate it at all, Joe. And I'll say this, if USC does land this kid, we have seen Lincoln Riley and that Oklahoma stretch of offense with guys like Jermaine Gresham and Mark Andrews utilize tight ends and and to be able to use that seam runner and that big athletic kid down the middle of the field. And I, I it would be a very good match, I think, with USC if they're able to get Deuce. But obviously we'll see what his final decision is here moving forward. Now, the one thing that I just want to throw in there before we transition, because he's uncommitted, and even committed guys can change their mind at any point, but because he's uncommitted, albeit 100% projection by 247 Sports to go to USC, the other schools that are really close on USC's tail for him, Georgia, Alabama, and Texas. What are your guys' thoughts? And Matt, I want to head to you first. Do we think USC is the best? opportunity for him or is maybe another one of those three programs uh, a better situation for him to head to honestly with all those programs i'm curious to see what you think ryan but i think they're kind of all home runs for him i really do i think they're programs that understand how to utilize athletes the way that he is um you know i i would say that you know maybe usc potentially is the the safer 
of the group just because of the fact that new coaching staff, the allegiance to the team that's already there isn't quite as like in stone. And they're looking for that that first generation of like their guys to kind of take over and become, you know, what they see the Trojans to be in the future. Um, and I think for him, a lot of it too has to do with just, you know, does he like the quarterbacks and and that kind of situation too, that he potentially is going to school with the guys that are going to get him the football. Um, I think those are important factors going forward, but I, I don't think he can really miss with any of those options going forward. Now, I think they're all great fits to your point. Right, Matt, like I, I talked about the USC fit because I just think that Lincoln Riley has shown that he can use yeah. a tight end in his offense, kind of that bigger body player down the middle of the field. And I mean, he could even he even uses them all over the formation a little bit. We've seen what Georgia has been doing now the last couple of years with Brock Bowers and Washington at tight ends. And, you know, Eric Gilbert's kind of nowhere to be found at the moment. But Georgia's shown their ability to use the tight end there. And then Alabama, Joe, I mean. We talked about Cameron Latu in the preseason. You remember what O.J. Howard was able to do at Alabama. You remember what Herb Smith Jr. was able to do at Alabama. So all these three schools have shown the ability, or these three coaching staffs, I should say, have shown the ability to highlight the tight end position. So I really really think whether it ends up being one of those three teams or not, it's hard to find a bad fit for Deuce Robinson. His talent is just at that high of a level, in my opinion. And on top of that, too, Steve Sarkeesian, who was once the offensive coordinator at Alabama that ignited the performances of multiple talented tight ends, is now at Texas, and that's one of the other schools on his tail. So I, yeah. I agree with both of you guys. It, it's not like a wrong decision there. It's not like we're, we've got one team on here that's running the wishbone where he's never going to touch the football and he's being asked to block. He's instead going to be in situations where he's just going to be a playmaker. He's going to be a dude, and he's going to put up a lot of points, a lot of yards for whatever team he picks. And it sounds like it's going to be USC. Now, our remaining three guys are committed, and that number two player per 247 Sports in the tight end class is Ethan Davis. Collins Hill High School in Sewanee, Georgia, six foot five, 221 pounds, currently committed to Tennessee. I feel like every week it's just USC, Tennessee, Georgia, and Ohio State are all the same guys that we keep bringing up. But Ethan Davis, he was being highly recruited to play basketball at the Division One level. I saw Kennesaw State on there. I saw Georgia. A lot of actually very recognizable programs that were seeking Davis to come play for their program. Now, talking about him, however, as a tight end, that box-out ability, that basketball player prowess pops immediately. The first couple plays that I watched on his highlights, I was thinking, oh, no, this makes so much sense that he's a Division One basketball recruit. He's out there playing like one. We talked about that with Branch last week, and here we are talking about it with an actual tight end. Ryan, kicking to you first, what really stood out to you about Davis as a as a tight end prospect? Well, it's funny, Joe. I actually watched his highlight tape before I did like background research on him, and then I saw that he has the basketball background, and it made complete sense. Like the, one of the first things I wrote on my on my notes was that he's a very springy athlete, right? Like that's kind of, and he's used similarly to how Deuce is, right? Like he's not playing Wildcat quarterback or doing that type of stuff at times, but he's used kind of all over the formation and basically used as a big wide receiver at 6'5", 221. But those are the biggest things for me as you kind of hit on, right? So I'm going to reiterate it. He is a big springy athlete that can win above the rim and has explosiveness to to win easily in the air. I don't think that he's quite as at, um, at least straight line fast as Deuce is, but I think it's it's good all-around athleticism, and he is just a incredible leaper at the position. So he's another mismatch weapon with his size, length, and his explosiveness to win in the air, in my opinion. 
you know, for, for Davis, just strong, catches the football well. You know, I think the biggest thing that you see it right away, right, with that basketball comparison is you see him catch the football and drop step like he's in the paint, you know, down below, like below the rim, you know. And that drop step is something that uh, is very difficult to teach and is extremely effective, too, where you saw a lot of those short intermediate passes that he caught, how he's able to get vertical up the field extremely fast in one step. And that's something that is, you know, you know, again, it's just, it's very high level. It's taught on the NFL level. Uh, the first time I ever heard it was when I was in an NFL meeting, you know, and that's something where just for him, that is going to be a huge asset to him going forward. Is that just football awareness, that spatial awareness, you know, that obviously he learned from playing basketball and from playing football. Uh, I did see a few plays too, where he's a solid blocker. Obviously there's not a ton of it out there, but he is a solid blocker. He's not like scared to get dirty out there and block on the edge. Not sure, you know, how that will equate to blocking defensive ends in the SEC and all that kind of stuff. But nonetheless, he he does look like he has good technique and keeping his hands inside and running his feet and being aggressive. You know, so that's exciting. And, you know, again, I think just the main thing is just football awareness, football awareness, and then going to a, a program that, you know, clearly is doing a lot of really good things on the offensive side of the football and really just doing a great job of recruiting a lot of good football players and him teamed up with Nico at quarterback, I think is pretty exciting. Joe and his, his frame is fantastic too, man. Like it's a really yeah. clean six, five, 220 something pound frame. This, his body kind of reminds me a little bit of Eric Gilbert when he was coming out of high school. Right. And they are, they kind of went in similar ways, which is kind of interesting to just kind of look, but I mean, this is a kid that, 250 plus easy is going to be able to carry. And I think that you're going to see a big boost in power because I think it's already kind of maturing as we kind of see, right? Like we're working mostly off a of junior film. And I thought that there was a lot of power and there was a lot of physicality to his game. It's just continuing to develop, put weight on, put mass on, but he's got a really nice frame where I think that he's going to be 250, 255 pretty easily. One of the things, and I know that anyone who's a former basketball player or current basketball player is going to hate this take, but it's kind of a, a loose understanding or a presumption in, you know, in the football universe that if you are a basketball player, you're might not be as tough as, as somebody who's not, that's more focused on, on football. And I got to give Davis a ton of credit. Like he shows off like a lot of that toughness. And you talked about Matt, there were a few blocking plays. The next two guys we're going to talk to, there was a lot more blocking from them. And we're going to mm -hmm. be able to talk a little bit more on that blocking because these first two guys are, very much primarily receivers, but he did show that blocking. But the other thing too, very hard to take down. There were a, a number of plays and despite him not being like massive, we're not talking about like a 250 pound kid. We're talking about maybe the thinnest of those who were, were discussing here, who was really a, a, a tough runner, really downhill, tough runner. So I look at that now at 220 pounds, him able to do that against high schoolers. When he gets up to 240, 250, he's going to be even more difficult to tackle because he's got the power, he's got the toughness, he's got the aggressiveness and the willingness to fight for extra yards. That like That's something that just really, really popped to me when I'm seeing him uh, after the catch. Yeah, I think both him and Robinson showed the best breaking tackle ability out of all the the tight ends in this group but just being able to run through arm tackles being able to spin off defenders and uh that is something that you know it, it is difficult to teach you know at any level and for them to naturally kind of be able to manipulate their body and to, to have really good strength in contact and to stay balanced is extremely impressive and you know ryan and, and you joe are hitting the same points i think we're just 
yeah, like I think the the best days of football are still ahead of him for sure. And that's really what you're looking for when you're recruiting these guys, right? You don't want to finish product, right? And I think for him, he has a lot, a lot of good football in, in his future. All right, let's get on to our number three tight end in the class. Currently ranked number three per 247 Sports from South Walton High School in Santa Rosa Beach, Florida. 6'6", 220 pounds. We're talking about Pierce Sperlin. He is committed to Georgia. We'll talk about towards the end of his, his breakdown on what we know about these Georgia tight ends and how he's going to fit into that. But Pierce, really, the one thing that that flashes to me when you first start watching him, and I, I'm, I believe it was him who, in his highlights, one of the early plays is him making a one-handed grab. And there's littered across his highlights on Huddle are a number of difficult catches, one-handed catches that he's making. I don't have an exact hand measurement. Ryan's always the guy who has the measurements. But if if I were to guess, he's probably like a 10 inch hand guy, like you can tell that his hands are are like mitts and he's just grabbing the ball out of the air. That is what is very, very exciting to see as a tight end that you can be a sure handed receiver. You've got a receiver esque ability. But the big thing, too, and we'll talk a little bit about the blocking actually put blocking plays in his highlights more than the other guys and early on in his highlight tape which i appreciated yeah <laughs> right i made note of that like it was like the third play i'm like oh he likes the block because he yeah put it down in his put it down in his notes but uh matt kicking to you first uh when you watch sperlin what what uh, attracted you to him uh i think really just for for all of these guys and and even too for sperlin just natural catching ability right and, and that's one thing that like credit to all four of these guys that we're talking about here today just the ability to catch the football naturally with their hands you know there was a time not too long ago where every tight end was catching it like with every corner and crevice of their body you know to to haul it in natural pass catcher you know and you said it with the one-handed catches but even to just the ones where it's like he's running over the middle right or or those other situations like on slants and hitches where like you see him like really frame the football with his hands extremely well so that was super impressive he's got a big frame really big frame and a frame that too that looks like it's like nowhere near complete as far as his development goes like he still looks like a very young 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 man out there on the field you know i was about to say boy but i don't want to disrespect him like that but like he's still a really young man and i think there's you know for him like i don't even think that he's really reached you know the pinnacle of his ability as far as speed and power yet because i still think that he is you know such a young man that still needs to develop and the ability to high point was was obviously extremely impressive too his hand strength is ridiculous, man, for a kid his for a kid his age, right? Like, I mean, you said it, Matt. Like, he's a natural plucker of the football, kind of extends and gets the football at the highest point. The one handed catch that you alluded to, Joe, which was very early in his highlight tape, like you should you see the hand strength that this kid has. And then, honestly, man, like one of the and I can't wait to talk about the Georgia layer to this because I think he kind of mirrors a lot of what Georgia is really looking at at the tight end over the last couple cycles, but. This kid's explosive too, man. Like when he gets the football in his hand as a yards after catch player, he hits his top speed very, very quickly. So while the first two guys are maybe more physical yards after catch receivers, this kid can kind of explode to daylight. And he has a really nice gear that he gets to in a quick, quick amount of time. So Sperlin's a really talented football player. And to your point, Matt, I don't think we've seen nearly the best of him, right? Like he needs to physically develop still. He has room to grow as a player. He's still young in right. that regard, but the upside is just fantastic with Pierce Sperlin. 
it, it also felt like compared to the other guys that we watched, he was asked to do the most as a route runner. Like he was asked to do a lot of cuts. He wasn't yes in the same sense where he was just like over the top, throw a deep ball. He'll jump up and go get it. He was asked to make a lot of cuts and stuff that were in the short to intermediate angles, which is very translatable to Georgia's, Georgia's offense, very translatable to most offenses in the SEC. And the route running really shined to me. And we're talking about that explosiveness. His cuts on his routes doesn't look like a tight end. Does that maybe diminish when he adds some more weight? But his cutting ability, his, his technique on his routes, I thought were very, very impressive for a high school tight end, which is very rare to see a lot of times. I think those are great points that you make, Joe. And that's something that, you know, uh, I think is you're, you're spot on with it. He definitely is asked more than everyone else on this list to do more at the position of, you know, flex tight end, you know, because uh, who knows if they're actually listed as tight ends on their typical <laughs> high school right roster. But he's asked more to do at the tight end position blocking wise. He's asked to do more receiving wise and just a little bit more of a well-balanced you know, just career so far as far as just his ability to make plays on the field. And, and that's where I'm sure Georgia got really excited too because you can see that he is tough, that he does like blocking, that he can kind of maul people. And that is something that, you know, listen, Georgia knows what they're looking for at the tight end position. I mean, even just with a guy like Brock Bowers, like that kid is so impressive. So they obviously know how to recruit high-level talent at that position. And they know that they need somebody too, like Brock Bowers, that can be physical in the line of scrimmage and also be explosive on the outside versus smaller opponents too. So on I, I'm really note, happy. Sorry, you know, I, Joe, I was just going to say, yeah, I, I'm yeah. really happy that we're hitting on these last two together because mm -hmm. I think that they're the more nuanced and technically advanced players of the list of four, in my opinion, like they're asked to do, like you said, and there's a reason that they show blocking on the film. There's a reason that we see Sperlin maybe run a little bit more of an advanced route tree, get in and out of breaks and kind of, you know, use, use his hip flexibility to get in and out of cuts. So I think there's a lot of technical refinement that has already been had with the last two guys on this list. And I think you see that with Sperlin as he continues to develop and hopefully keep all of that explosiveness the upside, again, I think is just really immense with him. So on the note that we already brought up, you know, the technical prowess and then Brock Bowers' name was mentioned. And Ryan, you and I were discussing him ahead of time. His usage and his capability are not one-to-one, -one, but comparable to what Brock Bowers does. He can step in yeah. and maybe by his redshirt freshman year or his sophomore season, he's able to have that type of an impact. Is that is that sound about right to, to have that assumption and, and that belief when, when talking about Sperlin? I think it's what you've seen the last two cycles with Georgia, if we're being honest. Because, I mean, you talk about Brock Bowers as a true sophomore this year, but they also have a young kid named Oscar Delp that in limited time has kind of showed the same type of athleticism, the same same type of explosiveness. And Brock Bowers, I feel like, kind of gets pigeonholed as like, hey, he's a big, this big wide receiver. And like, sure, he's a really athletic kid. But then you see spurts of like, he could also block and he also has effort in the run game and he can do some physicality uh, things physically at the point of attack in the run game. So I think that this kid really does mirror the last two cycles with a mm. Brock Bowers and an Oscar Delp. I think that Georgia has done a great job evaluating and identifying players that really fit the mold that they're looking for. And I think he, again, is Sperlin's going to be the next guy, the next up in this pipeline that they're building of these athletic explosive yak type players who can also do enough in the run game to get it you know to to move the needle for you so i think that he is exactly what george is modeling in their in their tight end room now 
All right, getting on to our last player that we have for today's show for the tight ends. Maybe the most complete player, maybe the most ready to play right away. Walker Lyons, the number five tight end per 247 Sports from Folsom High School in Folsom, California. Six foot four, 230 pounds. That build is a lot more filled out than any of these other guys, which is why I've referenced the fact that he might be the most ready to play and ready to contribute either as a true freshman or a redshirt freshman because he's filled in a little bit more. Currently committed to Stanford, which is a little rare amongst the rest of these groups. Uh, we don't see a lot of big name recruits going to Stanford anymore. It is tight days. end university, though. What are you talking about, man? It's, it's, it's unwell it tight ends. It's yeah. unwell tight ends. Well, so, <laughs> some might argue, especially the man wearing the uh, the the clover on his shirt, that Notre Dame is tight end. You, but <laughs> nah, I don't know. I don't are, know. We have, are we having that right now? <laughs> a close second. Right now, yeah. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> so Lions, as I said, number five tight end in this class, most complete. You see a lot of those similar things that we just talked about with Sperlin, effective route runner, great technique. But guys, I got to say out of any of these players, which is very, you know, it's it's not often that we see this with, with tight end recruits because a lot of times if you're a good athlete, your offense is just going to turn you into a really big receiver. Instead, what we get with Lions is a very willing, aggressive blocker, which I love. I always get excited by kids that are uh, willing blockers and that are going to show the, the that eagerness to put their nose in there get those dirty plays down when you're playing for a program like Stanford they're going to ask you to block they're going to ask you to to make a lot of uh, you know important blocks out there on the outside so what do we all think here and Ryan I want to head to you first about Lions as a player that he seems to be the most complete of the group yeah, I mean, I would say that he's the most advanced of the group right now, right? Like, I think that you've seen him closer to his physical maturity. I think that when you're talking about the technical aspects of the position, I think his hand placement is pretty good as a blocker. I think he runs pretty good routes for his size. It's just, Joe, like the conversation goes from, we haven't seen nearly the best of Deuce Robinson, which is pretty scary, right? We haven't seen the best of Sperlin, which is pretty scary. We haven't seen the best of Davis, which is pretty scary. I think we've seen closer to the ceiling of a Walker Lions and, that's no disrespect to him. It's just, you know, he has a little less length than those guys. He's a little maybe less growth potential, but he's a really good football player. I mean, flat out, man. He's a really dynamic all-around player for Folsom. He's able to stretch the seam a little bit. He's a good route runner. He blocks his butt off. Like, there's a lot of really good things on film for Walker Lions. And credit to the Folsom program, because no matter what position you're talking about, they're a really good program, and they're really well coached. And you can see those aspects of Walker Lyons, even off of junior film, with him being lost for a senior season, that he is a technically advanced player for his age. So I really like a lot of what I saw from Walker Lyons. I think he is – I know we're going to talk about this as much, but he's the guy that I think projects favorably to coming in day one and helping a, helping his team pretty thoroughly all around as a player. Like I think that there's – mismatch potential that day one Deuce Robinson is going to come in and be able to bring to you. Sperlin's going to be able to bring to you, but Walker Lyons do with the duties in the run game and in the pass game. I feel like early on, he's going to be a guy that you just kind of go, Hey, two tight end sets, whatever it is, you can go and you can play. Matt, do you agree on those same sentiments about, uh, about Lyons? Yeah. I mean, really with Walker Lyons, the discussion is this, he's, he's actually just a traditional tight end. And I think we're comparing him to three other people that are on the list that are going to be labeled as tight ends, but they're really just a, you know, really big receiver, you know, as far as how they'll be used probably at the next level. And I think this guy is like, you're just your well-rounded old school football player. And I think that's why maybe there isn't quite that same, 
you know, um, excitement about his game as the other guys because he's being asked to do a little bit more gritty old school football things, you know, for his program. But good hands, can move, athletic, runs good routes, blocks well. I mean, these are all things that, you know, at the tight end position, especially at Stanford and the way that they use their tight ends, he's going to need all of those. And I think, too, for him, he's going to be an extremely valuable asset early on in his career at Stanford in the special teams game. I think I do see him as a guy that's in punt, punt return, kickoff, kickoff return, you know, because he does have that size. He does have enough speed and athleticism, his blocking and just overall football awareness and education. I think what gives him the upper hand in this situation, as far as just an overall football player. I really like the note that you made about the special team stuff and me as a, a former long snapper, I always get <laughs> over it. So anytime I could talk about a guy who's ready to contribute on special teams, like he's somebody you can put up as an up back in a, in a spread punt or can be the, uh, the personal protector in a pro style punt scheme. At the same time, he's a, he's somebody that you have, you know, setting the wedges on, on kick return. You can send him to run down on kickoff. Like because he's more physically developed and you see that, like what we've talked about here, he's further along. If I don't think that he's ready or we've got too many other tight ends in the room, which Stanford, as we were joking about earlier, tight end you, they've got a lot of tight ends that are contributing in a part of that offense. Maybe he's the fourth guy down, get him out there on special teams, have him bang a little bit, have him hit some guys and just get ready and used to playing in Pac-12 football by the time he's a, a, a true sophomore that's when you start working into the offense. But I think that that's like the perfect thing to say for a guy like this, that he shows that aggressiveness, that willingness, that toughness to be the, you know, the tough guy on special teams across the board on any unit that you want to put him out there for. Surprise, surprise. Joe's geeking out. on <laughs> But it's just, it's an important aspect of the game that I feel like everyone just kind of overlooks, especially during these times of recruiting. And, and we see it every year, you know, just how important special teams are for so many of these teams, whether it is getting into the college football playoff or not. And really the biggest thing too, like, which, you know, I kind of want to stress to all of the kids out there that, that, that maybe watch, you know, us nerds on this show, you know, going forward is that just, Special teams is a great way for you to just to develop your overall football IQ, your your how valuable you are to your team. And, you know, he's one of those guys where he could have a, you know, average career, you know, at Stanford and then play in the NFL for nine years. And no one would even know because he's, you know, a special teams guru. You know, and that's something that going forward, just for all these guys and, and just really for all the athletes out there that watch these shows, you know, the more that you can do, the more valuable you are to your team and just the 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 greater really the success of you or, or the greater the chances of having success going forward. And I think Walker Lyons does a really good job of, of being that well-rounded athlete. It, on on So on the college level, special teams is a pathway to early playing time, right? On the NFL level, right. to your point, it's a sticking point, right? Like how do you make a roster? Totally. That That is like the big thing. So I, I love that you kind of put that out there, Matt. It's just that I think people do undervalue the importance of playing special teams because it can be a way to contribute early on, especially for one of these football players, which is, which is really nice to see. And I think that for me, Joe, like a, a cool conversation is – we, we, we joked about the tight end you stuff, at, mm -hmm. you know, at Stanford, right? But he 
fits the mold of traditionally what they have liked at the tight end. Like if you think back to the Zach Ertz's of the world, the Caden Smith's of the world, I mean, Levine Toilola was a much bigger football player, but he handled his business. Fantastic blocker. Fantastic. Like upper level next blocker. Yeah. You want to, you want to talk about sticking point at the next level, a tight end that can block, right, Matt? Cause I mean, we've seen, we've seen guys like him, Lee Smith's of the world that were not dominant pass receivers, but they just stuck for a long time because they did those little things and they did the dirty work in the run game. So, and and again, you're right. Like just guys that like maybe didn't shine as like overall speed or game breakers, but man, like extremely useful football players that could be used in a multitude of ways. And that was their greatest advantage too, was like, they don't have to come off the field for any particular situation. And, And that's where, you know, it's exciting for, for Walker Lyons and his potential. And, and I think he can be the next one, Joe, because we talk about, you know, the Kobe Fleeners, the yeah. Zach Ertzes, the Levine Toilolos, the Caden Smiths. They have a really good one right now in Benjamin Yorisak at Stanford. So that no, Stanford has taken a, a slight step back in recent years. They haven't been nearly as successful on the field. But one position that they've continued to do a really nice job to continue to develop is the tight end position. So I really do like that they have a next their next in line in Walker Lions potentially. Man, you even said this. It just feels so weird talking about like a top tight end recruit going to Stanford. And and what you said, Matt, was he could go there, have like decent production and then go to the NFL and be like a a piece in an offense because he was properly coached and developed to do a lot of different things compared to maybe other guys in this recruiting class overall that are just used as receivers. And then when they get to the NFL, like kind of what we're seeing right now with Kyle Pitts, where Arthur Smith is trying to get him to block and he's not really built to block, nor does he have the background of blocking. So it's going to take him a while to actually be comfortable with that. But it's, it's just odd talking about a Stanford guy, a Stanford tight end being a top recruit because it's just not a lot of other position groups. It just so happens that the tight end group and sometimes these quarterbacks decide to go to Stanford while everyone else picks to go play at other programs. Well, I think it's cool for, you know, for us to discuss for, with Walker Lyons, a situation is that, you know, clearly he understands exactly what he wants. He wants to get a good education. He wants to be a part of a program that really develops high character football people, you know, high football IQ to go along with the high IQ of just the aspect of their, their school and how prestigious that is. And I think he is also one of those guys too that probably sees the lineage like Ryan was discussing of the other tight ends that went there before him and the success that they had. And he's going to say, all right, I'm going to add my name to that list. And I think that's something too, that a lot of young high school athletes. And even when I think back to my own like decisions of going to college, you know, I got too caught up in trying to do like, you know, man, like this is the big time thing to do rather than just going to a school that was like, totally there to just help me become a better football player, a better person, you know, a situation where like the school fit me, the personality, the coaches and the people around you, you know, because uh, like, you know, when you fall into that trap of like, oh man, I just want to wear, you know, orange because damn, I look good in it. You know, that's where you get in trouble. You know, it's got to be about the people. It's got to be about the men that you're surrounding yourself with, you know, the, the, the school, um, you know, and just how that applies to you personally. And, uh, you know, credit to Walker Lyons for going to a place that, you know, he seems to fit his personality and what he's looking for as a player and as a person to develop. I think that's a great note to wrap us up on. Folks, thank you for tuning in. We're going to move on to offensive tackles next week. Let's go. That's that's the real fun talking. Let's go. I'm excited. We can talk about some blocking, which is the. the Are we eventually going to talk about long snappers, Joe? 
uh, it is a, an internal debate that I'm having with myself. <laughs> and from from my former long snapping days, I 100% want to talk about long snappers. From my producer background, I know that that is not good television to sit and talk about. It's all right, man. About long snappers, but uh, at Joe DeLeon, at Rise and Draft, at Sims Complete QB on Twitter. Hit subscribe wherever you're tuning in. We will be back with more recruiting breakdowns. Enjoy the rest of your week, folks.